Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen. I am Carmen LaBerge. We are partnering with One Child to identify child champions who will sponsor a child, um, become become a person who prays for and at $39 a month financially supports a ministry that provides for children in countries around the world um, in abject poverty. And so these children then get to participate in the ministries that are offered through the Hope Centers, where one child partners with local churches to provide not only educational opportunities um, and a good meal, but a safe place, an adult that they can that they can trust. Um, you know, I it, it, the the supplies that you need to go to school, those kinds of things. So that's what's going on. We are partnering with One Child, and if you go to myfaithradio.com, you can actually see the pictures of the kids for whom we are seeking sponsors right now. Where in the Word are you today? I am in um, Matthew chapter 25. And for those of you who are saying to yourself, yeah, I pretty much know where she's, uh, where she's going with that. Um, you know, it's about the least of these. And it's the question uh, about you know, what we're doing during this life and for whom we're doing it. And so are we showing compassion to the least of these? Or are we just um, being sure that our own needs are met and being sure that, you know, our own people are cared for, being sure that we got enough uh, resources stored up in our barns that generation to generation, quote unquote, our people will be taken care of. You know, to of those to whom much is given, much is going to be required. And and I and I don't know about you and the resources that you have within your reach or the sacrifices you might be willing to make that someone who literally has nothing might have something. But that's the conversation we're having today. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He's going to sit on His glorious throne, and all the nations are going to be gathered before Him, and He's going to separate the people sheep from goats, and he's going to put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and the king is going to come to those on his right and say, come, you're blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The righteous is going to answer, Lord, when did I see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you, or when did I see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. As you look at the pictures of the children 
at MyFaithRadio.com, for whom we are seeking child sponsors today, um, child champions. I, I want you to ask yourself, which, which one of these is my least of these? Which one of these children is my least of these? My brother, my sister, the one to whom God is calling me forward to become a child champion today. Would you join us? You can call 1-800-864-0200, or you can go to MyFaithRadio.com, and you can look at the pictures of the beautiful children for whom we are seeking child champions today and join with us in this ministry. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Dr. Peter Kapsner is back. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Carmen. You know, this is so fun. It was so fun to listen to your opener, to be in studio with uh, Paul and with Mitch and Ryan like this, too, with the One Child Ministry. I just have to say, my best buddy over the past 25 or so years, we went to seminary together. We're still in touch regularly throughout any given day. And and I know recently he went to Honduras. Uh, His wife had been traveling there year in and year out for a number of years. And he you know, he said it was absolutely life-changing. It's it's uh, so powerful to just see the pictures and the website and hear the stories, uh, but we're still just a little bit removed sometimes. And, and once he put his feet on the ground and on the soil and talked to the pastors and the parents and the people there, he came back and, and we, we played around to golf together. He, he just was downloading about the experience and how hard and how beautiful and how different and, and just the, the intense needs. I'm so glad we're doing this this morning. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Um, I can tell you that I'm already thinking that when there's a weather system moving toward the Dominican Republic, I'm going to be thinking about harassment. Mm, right. Like, right? right? I'm exactly. I'm thinking about, like, well, I wonder what where she's going to shelter from this storm and what that's going to be like for her family. And, you know, yeah, I and I'm going to be slightly jealous that she has access to um, <clears throat> plantains and I don't. <laughs> I had, a, oh, I had so my good. first ever plantain <laughs> about a month ago at a Costa Rican restaurant. It was, it was I don't even know what it was. With for cream? Sure. No, it was it was Ugh. kind of fried. It was more deep fried. It's the fried. Yeah, yeah, I know. It fried you, it's not deep fried. Is there a it's cream? A There's another version of the plantain that I missed. Okay, when I was oh. in Honduras, they had fried plantains. Yeah. At the breakfast buffet that at the hotel was at, and they put this thick cream on it. it was oh, I so did miss out, Carmen. Is this a thing? Is cream on plantains yes. a I thing? I yes, it's a thing. But I, of course, just recommend them seared in a uh, in a cast iron skillet. I love it. But but there you go. I um, yeah, I, I could make them for us, and we could celebrate. All right, so we are looking for one child champions today, and you can join us uh, in this effort. One eight hundred eight six four zero two hundred. But you got to go to the website and see the pictures. You got to go uh, meet these beautiful children. God's going to speak to your heart about becoming a champion for one of them. So would you become a champion for one child right now? We are still looking for a sponsor for Amic. Amic lives in India. And he's been on my heart since the open of the first hour. And and people have come forward to sponsor other kids, but nobody has come forward to sponsor Amic. And so I'm I'm asking if you would be Amic's 
champion. He's 11 years old. He lives in India. His birthday is the 9th of March. He wants to be a police officer. Um, He's just precious. So would you come forward to sponsor him now? Um, Go to MyFaithRadio.com, click through on the One Child links, and you will see his sweet face. Um, Peter, you and I uh, have now both read this I don't even know. Scintillating, um, awful, lurid, uh, lurid um, expose. I don't know, but it's not an, I don't know. Is it an expose if a person gives a personal interview and they just publicly divulge all the information? Mm. We're talking about Jerry Falwell Jr. And we're talking about a piece um, posted at VanityFair.com, which my astute 18-year-old rolled her eyes and said, well, that seems like an appropriate place for this to appear. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah, what a troubling article uh, on so many levels. It's one of those things that that I'm sure many of the people that are part of the Faith Radio family have seen maybe from afar, but this was an up-close look at the fall of Jerry Falwell Jr. and what had happened at Liberty University, uh, going from uh, sort of the heights of social and political and business power, the, the, those three categories. I mean, when, when Jerry Falwell Jr. stepped into the room, there was a social and political and economic power about him. I mean, he, he built Liberty University from the, the point where his father had taken it to the verge of bankruptcy. And, and as the story goes through, they rebuilt it together. But it was mostly Jerry Falwell Jr. who had done the work uh, with the donors and and some of the business ideas. And he built it to the point that it has now a $1.6 billion endowment. I know that it is the envy of some of the more conservative kinds of universities in which I've taught and continue to teach over the years. They have 90,000 online students. Uh, by, by all of those metrics of, of economic, social, and political success, and these are all worldly categories now, Carmen, that I'm I- intentionally talking about, by all of those metrics, liberty is the shining beacon of Christendom kinds of success. And yet behind the scenes, as we read this, as you said, I, I don't know if it's an expose. I don't entirely know what it is. But as you read what was going on during that entire period, it is it's it's just troubling on so many different kinds of levels and and unfortunately it's one it, it's a big domino but it's one of many dominoes that have fallen in these past i don't know what has it been 5 10 even even all the way back to jimmy swaggart i suppose but especially accelerated in the last 5 10 years where there's been these profound moral failures going on behind the scenes so jerry falwell junior for most people listening right now you know they're going to know him as the second generation former president of Liberty University, because they're going to remember Jerry Falwell Sr., um, just known as Jerry Falwell, um, maybe more than they think they know or remember Jerry Falwell Jr. And so for those of you who, you know, listened to the radio years ago and remember Jerry Falwell, um, Jerry Falwell Jr. says some things about his dad that... um, are troubling as well in terms of how Jerry Falwell Jr. feels like he learned to live differently in public uh, than he was living in private. And so I think that um, the the disintegration um, with which Jerry Falwell Jr. lived for many years and, you know, supposedly as a public Christian, but privately clearly not— um, with moral standards that we would regard as 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 Christian at all. Um, so 
Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. The piece we're discussing is posted at VanityFair.com. And although you have to have a strong stomach to read it, I recommend you do. Inside Jerry Falwell Jr.'s Unlikely Rise and Precipitous Fall. We'll be right back. All right. uh, I've been looking at the pictures, these sweet pictures of these sweet children um, that we are partnering with one child today to find sponsors for each one of these kids. So first up is Amik. We have talked a little bit about him, but now I'm looking at Badhan, who is a 12-year-old boy from Bangladesh. His birthday is coming up next week on the 2nd of February. Oh, my goodness. And then beautiful Priti, P-R-I-T-I. She is a 13-year-old girl from Bangladesh, and she is pretty. I know. Just They're just beautiful. They're absolutely precious. Um, Propo from Bangladesh is a 10-year-old boy, and he just looks like he has a wonderfully sweet, delightful spirit. Um, Would you join us in this effort? I want you to look at their pictures. I want you to see their sweet faces. I want you to pray for them and the circumstances of their life. Please pray for the Hope Center in their community. You can get information um, uh, about the community where they live and what's happening in their life. If you click on the Get to Know Me tab, all of this you can access at MyFaithRadio.com, clicking through the One Child little green buttons that you'll see along the way. And, and Carmen? Yep. Uh, we talked about Mohit earlier. Mohit has been sponsored. Yes. The young boy Woo-hoo. from India. Helen from Cedar Falls, Iowa, thank you so much for stepping up and being a child champion today. Thank you. Love it. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, we have the people who want to give input on other parts of the conversation. So Derek um, is is offering us that plantains st- sliced lengthwise as lasagna noodles oh! um, make a good substitute. Where, what's Derek's address? Because I think we're going to need some lunch for dinner today. We're happy to show up. We want to get yes. that. Or at least send us the recipe. The full recipe now. Derek, apparently a full recipe is in order. That's what I have for you, friend. So thank you so much for that input. All right. Um, Peter Kapsner is here. We're talking about... The Rise and Fall of Jerry Falwell Jr. There is a piece posted currently at Vanity Fair. It is the product of a series of interviews done by the author over the course of months with not only Jerry Falwell, but with his wife as well. Um, this, uh, this reporter has spent a lot of time with the Falwells uh, over the course of the last year or more. Um, and so this, I think, is as honest a portrayal of what's going on in the heart and head of Jerry Falwell Jr. as we're likely to get. Peter, um, anything in the in the piece that just stood out to you? Yeah, I think we've hit on a few of those things, haven't we? It's just somebody who lived within the intoxication uh, of earthly power and success. And, and uh, it is intoxicating for those people that have experienced that, not even just within Christendom per se, but just in any kind of job or situation or vocation, it, there there is this constant lure to just want more and more and more, and you keep growing and growing. And, and unfortunately, I think, Carmen, within Christendom, as that more and more happens, as we effectively wield social and political and economic power, we also then put a theology, uh, a theology on it and call it blessed. We must be doing something right within God's kingdom as we grow within those forms of power. And, and I think when we step back from that for a second, and, and more than just a wink and a nod stepping back, 
because I've heard uh, if if I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say something along the lines of, well, of course we need the spirit. But then, and then we go back and we start thinking about, gosh, how are we going to grow this ministry? And it's almost always through one of those lenses. It's through some sort of social power or political power um, or, or economic power. And, and so we give a wink and a nod to the spirit who, I don't know, Carmen, part of the Trinitarian Godhead brought the entire universe into being. We give that a wink and a nod, and then we go to our little Babel building towers and assume that we can do this kingdom stuff in the midst of the darkness of the world through these lenses. And then we call it blessed when it works. And and praise the Lord, this whole thing is starting to finally crumble and fall apart because it probably was not terribly consistent with God's kingdom to begin with. I, I love just the contrast to being in studio this morning because you know what you don't need to affect change in a child's life. And, and you just simply need to be a person who sees children that are hurting in this world. And, and, uh, and I'm around young kids all the time at, at University Life, and I've seen how the twinkles in their eye have long ago disappeared because life is really difficult, and, and they're carrying a lot of pain and confusion with them. And part of what we're doing and part of what Kingdom Life is about is just bringing the kind of hope of an eternal kind of story that isn't a social, political, or economic story. It is a kingdom story. And there's so many ways in which uh, we can simply do this. You don't need to be wielding all kinds of forms of power. And certainly you don't want to use those philosophies of power to affect kingdom change. It just doesn't work. I just, I, it just, God must just some, some, you must puzzle in the heavens at times and saying, really? Really? Is it, you really think that you can give a wink and a nod to, to the spirit and then just uh, move on in your own forms of power? And, and here we are, and this whole Faith Radio family, I'm sure there's just a lot of anonymous people that have never wielded or even tasted that kind of power, and yet incredible kingdom change is coming. And it's not just for this ministry one child. You, you could take that idea and multiply it into 10 bazillion different kinds of categories in which the people of God... Uh, wield a different kind of kingdom power wherever they are and however they are. You don't need to be an important person. Uh, and, and I think that was my biggest takeaway from this uh, article is somebody who attained probably the the highest heights of power in our society uh, into this dramatic fall. There There is a tremendous lesson for moving forward in kingdom life. There is a tremendous lesson. Um, and I think at the most basic um, level, the lesson is we are meant to live as people who are integrated, not disintegrated. Right. And who we are um, in our prayer closet is who we are in our work life, is who we are at our dinner table, is who we are um, in our giving, is who we are in the boardroom. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. And if we forget that or if we allow ourselves to compartmentalize as if you could, you know, literally like put God in one box in your life and box him out of all the other parts of your life. Um, That, first of all, doesn't work as an individual. Like that is a disintegrated, fractured person. Um, And it, it clearly also doesn't work if you try to then live it publicly um, as a public figure. And so I'm just encourage everybody. This is not in any way to um, disparage uh, Liberty University. If you're a Liberty grad, if you've got a student there now, that's not what we're doing. Right. Um, What we're trying to lift up is is a very real personal. uh, I mean, this is Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife, Becky. I mean, they're making these public disclosures about their faith or lack thereof. um, And. 
how they got to this place that they are today. Now, you know, before you, um, uh, let's wring our hands for them uh, at a spiritual level, but um, suffice it to say, you know, they're just fine in terms of uh, their financial wherewithal. And, you know, they're, <clears throat> if you can fall up, they have. It's <laughs> a good way to say it. Yeah. Indeed. So we're going to leave that. We're going to leave that right there. Um, Peter, as always, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this very, very special episode of Mornings with Carmen. We are partnering with One Child. Now is your moment. It's your opportunity would you come forward and champion a child right now? You can visit with us at MyFaithRadio.com and see the children for whom we are seeking sponsorship right now around the world. Um, first up on the list, hey, you guys who have your eyes on it, is uh, is is Amic still first up on the list in need of a sponsor? Uh, checking is. right now. Yes. Yes, he's right there, right. Top, top left side of the screen, age 11, still looking for his sponsor, his child champion. All right, let's get Amic a child champion right now. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. We are partnering with One Child, and we are inviting you to become a child champion today. Would you join Helen and Leah, Kevin, Beth, Bonita, David, Mary, Catherine, Megan, Debbie, Andrea, Andrea, Carmen, Paul? Would you join us in sponsoring children today, becoming a child champion today? You go to MyFaithRadio.com. You click through on the One Child links. Um, Please pray. Go there now and pray for each one of these kids. Pray that God would lift up a champion. Maybe you're not in a position to financially sponsor a child. I get that. You're in a position to pray um, for the person who will. And so uh, would you help me get their attention, get God's uh, get God pressing in on them by the power of His Holy Spirit right now. Join me in prayer um, for these kids. So go to MyFaithRadio.com, click through on the One Child links so that you can see their precious faces. And you um, you join me in asking God to, you know, provoke the champion for that child, for that one child to step forward now. By sponsoring a child, you don't simply change the life of that individual child. You sponsor a generation. You change countless lives for eternity. Sometimes we want proof. Sometimes we want living proof. Well, guess what? That's what I have for us next. Living proof. His name is Marcus Rickson, and he was a one-child child in India. He joins us next to share his story. This is Max Lucado. Some time ago, I partnered with Michael W. Smith for a ministry weekend. The retreat was held at a beautiful facility in North Carolina owned by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Michael and I met to go over the weekend schedule, but he had just met with Billy Graham, and he was so moved he hardly discussed the retreat. The 94-year-old evangelist told Michael, 
that he hoped his name would not be mentioned at his funeral. What? Michael asked. I only hope that the name of the Lord Jesus be lifted up. Billy Graham preached to hundreds of millions of people. He advised every U.S. president from Truman to Obama, yet he didn't want to be mentioned at his own funeral. Proverbs 22 and verse 4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Well, uh, Julie in Des Moines, Iowa, is my new favorite person in the world. She... Yes. <laughs> Julie is Amic's child champion. Amic was our child, our one child that we have been focused on since the opening of the first hour this morning. And Julie has stepped forward to become Amic's child champion. So, Julie, thank you so very much. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We are having a very special time together this morning, partnering with a ministry called One Child. And if you go to our website at MyFaithRadio.com, you'll see it not only highlighted today, but the pictures of children and information about children who need child champions, who need child sponsors right now. It's $39 a month. And you can read their stories, get to know them. And sometimes we need living proof of a ministry. Well, I have some right now, and his name is Marcus Rickson. Marcus, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. I'm so excited to be here and to share my story with you all. Well, please do. Let's, um, you know, take us back however many number of years, um, you know, are required to do so and take us to the home you grew up in and your one child story. Well, um, I grew up uh, in Calcutta, India, um, in a house, uh, rather a room that was 12 feet by six feet wide, a small little tiny little room with my mom and dad and my sister. Um, my parents slept on the floor uh, all my life and um, my, I shared a bed with my sister. Um, growing up in Calcutta is a little different uh, to where uh, there's just so many people and poverty is really high. My parents, both of them worked, had a day job, but they just couldn't make enough financially to support me and my sister to be able to go to a school. I was three and a half years old when uh, uh, someone from one child knocked on my parents' door and was like, we know you have young kids in here and uh, we know that they're not in school uh, we have a program that I think you'd be interested in getting your kid uh, registered for. And um, that was one of the biggest blessings my parents could hear. It was one child um, willing to take me into the program. And at the age of three and a half, uh, I got sponsored um, and I got the opportunity to go to school. I went to school for since, you know, since pre-kindergarten all the way to the 12th grade and graduated out of high school. And I had a sponsor for 14 years uh, that uh, gave me, gave $39 a month so I could go to school, get an education, eat a meal every single day, put the uniform on my, on me, uh, shoes on my feet, uh, the books that I needed. And uh, uh, fast forward a couple of years later, I ended up coming to the U.S. and going to a college and now I am in Nashville, Tennessee, 
uh, working in the music industry because that was my dream when I was uh, a kid back in Calcutta. And all of this wouldn't have happened unless two people, um, a husband and wife, Dave and Regina, uh, decide to take a step of faith and champion a kid. And that kid was me. All right. I know I'm not the only one um, <clears throat> choking back tears. Um, Marcus, um, it's a, such an extraordinary testimony to the power of one child, uh, the ministry, and it's to to the power of $39 a month, um, as you, you know, as you share the things that were provided through the one child ministry for you, shoes and a uniform and the supplies you needed for school and school itself and a healthy meal every day and uh, medical, um, you know, support when, if, and when you needed it, I mean, on and on and on. Um, I, I think that, you know, I'm saying to myself, wow, um, $39 a month goes a long way through this ministry, um, goes a really long way. What do I spend $39 a month on without even ever thinking about it or, you know, or waste $39 a month on? And if I would invest it in this way, it would not only change the life of one child, but ultimately change the life of, um, well, the, the life and legacy of a family. When we come back, Marcus, I want, um, I just want you to reflect for a moment on how different your life was at three and a half versus the life of your son. Like this, the world can change in one generation if we will invest in a child. Would you be willing to do that? Yes, I would love to share that. Yes. All right. We're talking with Marcus Rickson. He is my living proof testimony um, of the power of the One Child Sponsorship Program. We are lifting up child champions today. Uh, is that you? Now is your moment. Please go to MyFaithRadio.com. Look at the precious pictures of these children. Get to know one of them. God's going to speak to your heart about one of these children in particular. I just know it. Uh, topping the list right now, uh, we have Badhan. Badhan is a 12-year-old boy from Bangladesh, and his birthday is on the 2nd of February. Would you give him a great gift? Would you give Badhan a great gift by having uh, him find out that he's been sponsored, he has a child champion, um, and that there's a way toward the future filled with hope that God has planned for him? Would that be you? Could that be you? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and we'll be right back. We're talking with Marcus Nixon. Marcus uh, is a music industry executive here in the United States of America, but he grew up as a one-child child in Calcutta, India, uh, and he is joining us as our living proof today of the power of this ministry. Marcus, um, share with us, you know, when you were a child, uh, you know, at some point along the way, um, you were able to understand and, and read communication from your child champion. Um, and I guess, you know, could you just tell us a little bit about that experience from the child side? Because like I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to write my first letter to a Rassman. She is my one child child and she lives in the Dominican Republic. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what how, how I'm to imagine she's going to receive that. Well, uh, 
Let me tell you, um, it's so powerful. Uh, when I was three and a half, I remember, I don't remember all of it, but I remember getting to go to school and my parents, you know, being super proud of that opportunity that I had, that I could go to school and get an education. And um, because if I did not go to school, uh, I would be home or on the streets during the days or while my parents were away working. And most likely I would land up, you know, growing up either being in bad company or in prison or doing drugs. That's what, that's, that's the environment I was around. And that's, that's the place that I would have been growing up in if I did not have the opportunity to go to a safe place like the school, like one child in the program. And uh, um, getting the opportunity then to start learning about this person all the way on the other side of the world that believed in me and believed in my dreams was like, I had the opportunity to write to them every couple of weeks or couple of months. This was, this was a long time ago. And it was handwritten letters and I would get some back saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy that you're in school. And, uh, and um, we got to share stories back and forth. And I remember taking those letters back home and sharing them with my parents and my parents thought this was, this was God's and, you know, that I had a friend in another part of the world that was uh, willing to be my champion. And um, they didn't even, you know, and at that point in time, while I was a kid, I didn't even know their names. And so we would just pray for them and they were a part of my family for, for all the time. Not only I was a sponsor kid, but my little sister was a sponsor kid. My best friend was a sponsor kid. The kids that I stepped out of my house were uh, that needed help were sponsor kids. So I grew up in that community. And now, um, you know, uh, I, I grew up older. And I remember in the eighth grade, um, I, I had this passion for music. And I just didn't know where I was going uh, to, what I was going to do. But um, we, we weren't um, well off, as I said, but um, my mom had a little radio at home. So when I would come home from school every day, we'd have the radio playing and uh, I listened to music to get away from the environment we, we were in. And uh, we didn't have Christian radio in India then. So we would have Eric Clapton and Elton John and some of, the, some of that kind of music playing. And I was just so fascinated by, by that world. And in the eighth grade, I remember taking down my my teacher, like I want to be a part of music, not as a not as a musician or singer or anything of that sort. Like, what are different aspects? And he told me about sound engineering, and that's something that I kind of was like, I want to do that. Uh, fast forward, I, I got through high school. I learned about a university in Kentucky, and I applied and got a scholarship and worked uh, the whole time while I was in school as a carpenter on campus and an H HVAC guy and uh, just stayed there the whole time to pay my bills uh, with, uh, with a, a lot of friends and family that poured into me. And then uh, I, I was three and a half hours away from Nashville. So uh, one of the things I needed was an internship. So I hitched hike with a couple of friends because I didn't have a car uh, to Nashville and started knocking on studio doors to see if someone would hire me and martina mcbride um, the country singer 
her studio, um, Blackbird Recording Studios was the first studio that I got to work in. And I started working there for about eight months. While I was in Nashville, I knocked on a few doors and uh, a Christian music artist named Unspoken, they were just starting up on the road and um, they didn't have a manager. They didn't have a song on the radio. They didn't have anything at that point in time, just a Volkswagen Jetta. And I got to ride in the middle back seat for about two weeks touring all across the country. And the way I say it, they paid me $5 in a chicken dinner. But those guys, those guys loved me so much and poured so much into me that I just fell in love with, uh, with Christian music and uh, the ministry behind it. To where now I uh, I run and own Rickson Entertainment Company here in Franklin, Tennessee, and I manage platinum uh, selling artists and Dove and Grammy nominated artists um, in town. That's what I do. It's um it's an extraordinary story. Um, one of the things, Marcus, that we always want to remind ourselves uh, of is, you know, how Jesus is the hero of every story. And um, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I think it's probably really hard for other people to imagine. It's hard for me to imagine, like, w- were you a Christian when you were in India? And if so, what was that like? Yes. So um, I, I was... Uh... So I have an English name. So a lot of people ask me, is that is that your real name? It is. Uh, I'm half British, half Indian. Uh, Britain were, uh, the British ruled India for about 200 years. So my lineage on my both uh, mom and dad's side were half British. So we, we have the Indian features, but we have English names. And so we were already looked, uh, looked like uh, foreigners in our own country. But then um, there is, there are over 1.5 billion people in India and less than 0.2% is Christian. So we were the minority of the minority. Um, So in the one child program, not only did I get the opportunity to go to school, but they also had a spiritual um, aspect. And the the way that worked was we would have chapel every day before school and we'd sing a couple of hymns and read a passage from the Bible. And then we would go to class. Now, not necessarily everybody that attended the school needed to be Christian. And so there were only a handful of us that were. But it was during those chapel services that um, a lot of people that visited from the Western world, like from the States or from Canada, would come and uh, lead worship. That's when I found my fascination for music. And I was like, I want to know what do those people do? And that's what I want to do. But growing up as a Christian in India is really hard, and especially um, I grew up in the most Muslim populated part of Calcutta. So uh, what that means is that uh, we were already kind of under the pressure, especially during the times of persecution. Our family was kind of targeted because we were not like everybody else and not and praying to Jesus. But uh, I, I can't remember a day that we went to bed without, you know, food. Like, I don't remember ever going to bed without food. My parents in the program took care of all of that. Um, but I remember that God just protected my family through all of it. And um, till today, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, Nikita, who's also a one-child sponsor, is back in Calcutta. And Nikita has two masters and is doing social work. And she's a teacher because um, and teaches kids in the slums of Calcutta because that's so hard to give back to 
the kids and just the way we we had the opportunity she's providing that for the kids in India it's extraordinary um your 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 story your testimony is extraordinary god is so good um marcus thank you so much for sharing with us today i look forward to opportunities to talk with you in the future as well that is marcus rickson he is a former one child child for 14 years his child champions um supported him so that he could go to school and Marcus uh, has um, has done well with the investment that that those folks made in his life through one child. So thanks be to God um, for your living testimony, Marcus. All right, you are listening to Mornings with Carmen. We have um, we got to take a very brief break. Visit us at myfaithradio.com and become a one child champion right now. We'll be right back. Thank you, Floss, for sponsoring. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.